Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I said, I want every nail. I want every screw. I want the tents. They said, sir, the tents are very hard to take out. I said, I want the tents. I want the tanks. I want the planes. I want everything. And a couple of them fought me on it, like Millie. He said, sir, I think it's cheaper to leave the equipment behind. I said, let me ask you, we have a plane that costs $100 million. It's sitting there. All it needs is a tank of gas, right? Give me a little jet fuel. We'll fly it to Pakistan or any place else, or we'll fly it directly home. You say it's cheaper to leave a $100 million plane? Sir, I think overall it's cheaper. These are idiots we're dealing with. (laughs) (laughs) That clip will hang around for years to come, I have a feeling. These are idiots we're dealing with. (laughs) The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yes, yes, make it happen. (laughs) He's talking about the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, his chairman of the Joint Chiefs, right? Right, let's hear a little more of this and we can discuss... They left $85 billion worth of equipment. They left our American citizens behind. And they moved the military out first. No, you moved the military out last. I did a little skit with a five-year-old kid. I said, let me ask you, here's the situation. I explained the situation. I said, would you take the military out first or would you take it out last? I take it out last, five-year-old. <laughs> wow. Trump has got a style where he cuts through the clutter. And, you know, makes a point. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt it about does it. not waste words. I have a feeling Millie is going to push back today, don't you, on some of the details of this? Yeah, I don't or know. Or is he going to think, yeah, best to just stay out of it? I could see either way, honestly. These are idiots Depends. we're dealing with. Well, I would actually oh, like to know. sir, that's unchar- uncharitable. Uh, well, yeah, it depends if this gets any energy, the whole leaving the gear behind and was that a good idea or not. I would actually like to know, as a taxpayer, was the order from the president to get that stuff out of there 
is it more expensive to bring it out than leave it behind? And then, you know, it's not just the is it cheaper angle either. Do we want this stuff to fall into the hands of bad guys? Right, right. Well, getting an honest answer out of that could be very, very difficult because the current commander in chief is the guy who I'm guessing put General Milley in the military in a position where, okay, we can't transport all the gear back that we ought to, that we'd like to. We can't secure Bagram and hold, not Bagram, uh, is Bagram? Bagram. Is the bigger, yeah. Yeah, it is Bagram. Uh, One of the biggest we, there at the ports. I heard it was the biggest. We can't do what we ought to do because we're being forced not to by the commander in chief. So Millie can't come out and offer a spirited defense for himself, if there is one, without uh, throwing his current commander in chief under the bus, which is a tough position to be in. Although he's done it a number of times with Trump over the last several years. Um, a little more. But, he, but you understand, I'm saying he'd have to do it to Biden. Oh, oh gotcha. 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 Yeah, right. The current president. Um, uh, a little more from Trump. Uh, this this is from Tucker Carlson last night. First interview since the indictment. And then we got out like we surrendered. I think it was the single most embarrassing day in the history of our country. It was totally their fault. They didn't go by anything because, you know, we had a system of getting out. But if the Taliban, in particular the Taliban, because that's where the action was, right? I, I, when I called Abdul, the press went crazy. The fake news went crazy. Why did he call an enemy? I said, well, it's Jesse James. I used to ask him, why did he rob banks? He said, that's where the money is. Why did I call the head of the Taliban? Because that's where the killing was. And he's there now, Abdul. I'm sure he likes me. Call me Your Excellency. I don't know if he calls Biden Your Excellency. Probably, I mean... Sometimes. Was that James Edwards, what's his name, from Saturday Night Live, or was that Trump? I was about to say, sometimes I can't tell the difference between Trump and the Trump impersonation. That's how good the Trump impersonation is, I guess. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I hope those things get nailed down for history one way or the other. Was there a way to get that stuff out of there? And for some stupid reason, we left it all behind? What about our translators and dogs and allies? And I think it's over. I think it's it's probably over as of today. The the evaluation of how we got out and any price to pay. And I think Biden ultimately was right, which sucks. That look, yeah, it'll be messy. People, it'll have a news cycle or two, and then people will forget about it. Right. So his his analysis, not of what to do, but how the media would react to it and the damage it would do. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It does suck, and it's very cynical. Because this is just a horror. The fact that the administration got not only away with saying, well, you know, Trump had locked in these plans and there was nothing we could do, which is crazy. In, in what other instance have you said that, well, Trump started this, so we can't change the immigration policy? You changed immigration policy the first day. You couldn't change the getting out of Afghanistan policy on any of the days during the many months while you were in, uh, in office? Well, that's what I was saying earlier in the show. If you can make and get away with a claim that moronic, that indefensible, that childlike, uh, it, uh, can we do sports talk or something? If that's our politics right now, that's just, 
It's mortifying. It's disgusting. And the White House got away with saying nobody was telling us that the Taliban was going to take over that quickly. We didn't. There was no way we could see that coming. Well, Richard Engel on NBC News was howling about it at the time. I've been screaming to everyone. The Taliban has taken over every town in this country, and they're going to take over Kabul immediately. Yeah. Yeah. It's Again, very frustrating. Amazing Republicans ever win an election. Right given the misinformation army that uh, is the media. Maybe I'll get into that other thing with the uh, Tennessee legislature after a little bit. I mentioned this last hour. I wanted to pay it off. I think this is an interesting phenomenon. You were watching the Masters. Did you see the 15 seconds that they showed some hottie? You might not have noticed it because that happens all the time in sports where they put the camera on some hot chick for a few seconds who's cheering or crying or whatever they're doing. 15 second uh, clip <laughs> a 15 second clip during the masters zooming in on a denver native it ended up going viral on tiktok because there are enough leering horny males in the world i guess i don't get it because disgusting good looking women are a dime a dozen but that particular one somebody uh captured the video and tweeted out said somehow i fell in love with someone i only saw for 15 seconds that video posted by double bogeys a twitter account had 2.8 million views as of Monday evening. So she has become a thing overnight and now has a bunch of followers and can do whatever she wants to do with those followers. <laughs> um, it, I, I don't think it'd be good for your life. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. But if you're an attractive woman and you know if you're a certain... you. Uh, I've never known an attractive woman who doesn't know that they're the tier of attractive that when you walk in a room... Everybody knows you walked in, man and woman. That That's just, you know, your certain tier. If you're in that tier of attractiveness, it would have to be at least tempting to show up to any event where there's a camera and yeah. realize that's all it's going to take. And by tomorrow, I've got three million followers, followers on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, and I start talking about a purse or a lipstick or a dog food or whatever. And that's how I make my living for here or on. Or a lipstick for dogs, whatever. <laughs> Right. You'd have to at least think about it, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't I think, think it would so. make your life better, and you'd have an awful lot of pervos, you know, figuring out where you live and, and sending you private messages and just all kinds of the crap that comes with it. But, man, that, apparently that's all it takes. Well, you've got that uh, hot, hot Olivia Dunn gymnast right? for uh, who's she? LSU, um, who's now saying, what I really want to do is fight for equality of women's sports. Okay. <laughs> Right. Go ahead, if you like. Um, the insta-influencer, because of physical attractiveness culture, is yeah. so odd. It is weird. I don't know who you all are that ever go to these people's Instagram page just because they're hot. Well, you know what I think it is? I've, I've analyzed this. And uh, like AI, Jack, I've performed three trillion calculations in the last ten seconds and come up with the answer. <laughs> You yourself described a woman of a level of attractiveness that, uh, and, and there are guys like this too, not as many, but um, that every head in the room turns or everybody's aware in the room. Uh, we now have a global room. We all can see with the ever presence of uh, phones, recording devices, TV coverage, whatever, we're all in rooms. And so the, wow, look at her, whether it's at a horny maildom or look how well she's dressed or whatever, that 
five minutes of glancing repeatedly at her on the internet equals being an influencer pitching lipstick and perfume and fashions and dog collars or whatever. It's it's the equivalent. But I can't imagine the temptation it must be if you're one of those women and you know you're one of those women in the modern age, especially if you're not in a city. Because there's a there's a, uh, a drive-by trucker song where he he says um, something about um, really attractive women around here get remembered like storms and droughts, and I've wow. lived in small towns where I know that's true. Oh yeah, what's her name? The high school class '86. She she was the prettiest girl ever came out of this town or whatever. That that is true. Get remembered like storms and droughts. But you don't have to just be you are the hot girl from that town anymore. You just need to get on camera somewhere once. And all of a sudden, you got three million followers, and then for you a do, cup of latte, <laughs> do that with that. What you're going to do with it? I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's it's so odd. Now, now I wonder how many people go to these events for that reason. Did she go to the Masters, knowing that the camera guy is going to find her at some point, put her on there for 15 seconds, and then boom, or not? I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I'm unfamiliar with this completely as a golf freak. Well, you would, of course, you'd be unfamiliar with it. It's so nothing, it wouldn't stand out to you. She's like with her dad or something like that at the golf tournament. It's just, it's nothing. You're an attractive college girl, big freaking deal. But, you know, there are 3.2 million views of the 15 second clip the next day, which is just astounding. I just, uh, it's like the attractive cop at Trump's indictment. From a week ago, you remember that right. story? Same yeah, thing. Global attention within within an within minutes. I don't know. I don't know if it, it flies in that position, and Lord knows I'm I'm not. Uh, I don't know if I would take advantage of that or not, and put up with the whatever downside there is, and you know, sell some lipstick for a week or however long you can pull it off. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, and use an assumed name and hope the real one doesn't get out. And because trust me, famous is more complicated than you think it is. Yeah, and then and and, and I, a Lord knows, am not familiar intimately with hot woman famous which is a whole other level of dealing with people's animal urges well and a whole nother another level of easy come easy go because there's a lot of competition and every day you get older and now you've got the interesting ai thing that we talked about yesterday the number of like influencers that are out there that aren't even real people because ai you can just tell ai make uh you know uh, i want her to be 20 years old dark hair hazel eyes whatever no no point of your chin and it's not even even a real human being that people are following oh that's going to be omnipresent it's got to be just the 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 economics of it dictate it will be if you can produce something cheaply that you had to spend time and money seeking in the past as a brand for instance and then pay them handsomely you're gonna do it well so will that be the end of the other thing we were talking about then pretty quickly you can't be I the guess. hot college girl that gets on TV for 15 seconds at the halftime of a basketball game and become an influencer because there are AI created ones. They don't even need to find you. I don't know. It was a moment in time, Jack, a beautiful moment in time. Weird. Society gets weirder every day. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. quintessential grilled cheese sandwich. So we start with bread, and this is not your ordinary bread. This is a French Pullman loaf that is baked with Dom Perignon champagne, 24 karat edible gold flakes. We're going to take a little bit of white truffle oil, just baste the bread. Then we are going to slather it in grass-fed butter that's infused with white truffles. This cheese here is Cacio Cavallo, Puerto Rico cheese, and the sandwich is ready. World's Favorite most kind ex- of cheese, that one he just said. <laughs> World's most expensive. I usually use Wonder Bread and Kraft cheese. I don't use Kraft. I use a like mild cheddar from the Safeway and carve it up. As a man who enjoys a grilled cheese sandwich, both home and abroad, um, I was actually kind of interested in that. What kind of bread, what kind of cheese, blah, blah, blah. What else is on there? Then they get into... And it's baked with edible gold. That, okay. Uh, that's just stupid. It You're is. throwing it money is. away. Nobody nobody has ever eaten a food in their life and said, you know what this is missing is uh, edible gold flakes. Right. Nobody. That's just stupid. Um, we haven't actually heard this, but we like the sound of it. It's a career day at a school gone wrong. <laughs> It's a case even Lake Oswego police are stunned by. It's shocking. On Friday, Lake Ridge Middle School was hosting a career day where parents and other community members could teach students about different jobs they can pursue one day. Police say one of the presenters was 43-year-old Ellen Sawo. She was talking to a class when police say she got upset with the students, started swearing at them, and at one point slapped a student in the face. Luckily, the student is okay, and the school reported this to LOPD. The day is supposed to be a a day about learning about different careers and getting kids excited about what possibilities there are for them in the future. And, um, you know, unfortunately, this is probably a day that they won't forget for a while for unfortunate reasons 
Sawo was escorted from the school before police got there, but they later arrested her for harassment and took her to the Clackamas County Jail. Wait, wait, wait a second. There are two ways to look at this. The other way to look at it is, unfortunately, the kids didn't pay attention and missed out on an opportunity to learn something, and one of them got a slap down. <laughs> and this woman restored order to the classroom. <laughs> right. I don't want you slapping my kid, but I, what, nothing on the uh, fact I need that, to know what my kid did. Well, true, true. I'm not completely against it. I'm not 100% against it. Um... Uh, but what? No acknowledgement of the person shows up there to talk about career day and the kids are being disrespectful and loud? You're not even going to mention that? Unfortunately, they either will remember the reaction of oh, what? I liked Captain Sincere there and his contribution to the report. Uh, uh, does anybody know what this woman's career is? Is she uh, like a bouncer at a low-end strip club or what? <laughs> you can get a career being a bouncer. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You never know what's going to be the spark that drastically changes things um you know a lot of examples in recent history uh, there had been a number of unfortunate and unfortunate is not the right word there'd been a number of horrifying police officers abusing black men videos over the years for a variety of reasons the george floyd once set off riots across the country the middle east had been what the middle east had been for decades a Tunisian fruit vendor sets himself on fire. There's a video. Arab Spring happens. A whole bunch of dictatorships topple that have been around for decades. I mean, you just you never know what the spark's going to be. World War mm-hmm. One and the uh, you know, uh, King uh, Franz Ferdinand. But uh, I don't I don't know what could come out of this. But it's certainly exploding today in Ukraine. A horrifying video appearing to show a Russian soldier beheading a Ukrainian POW. This is gruesome, by the way, if you don't want to hear gruesome. Oh, boy. 
And this has just happened today, and Zelensky has spoken about it just a, a few minutes ago. An appalling video emerged showing what appears to be a Russian soldier savagely beheading a Ukrainian prisoner of war with a knife, leading Kievan Zelensky to compare Vladimir Putin's regime to ISIS. The footage, which has been circulating on pro-Russian channels, shows an apparent Russian serviceman slicing into the neck of a captive wearing a yellow armband associated with Ukrainian forces. The unidentified victim is still alive at the start of the decapitation and is heard. Oh, this is gruesome, I said, and is heard begging. It hurts. Stop. The executioner's comrades, the other Russians, cheer him on in the background, urging him to effing cut it, break the spine. What have you never cut off heads before? Another person speaking in Russian off camera suggests placing the severed head in a bag and sending it to the commander. It has been suggested that the sickening footage was uh, likely filmed last summer, but it came out in the last 24 hours. The video has sent shockwaves throughout Ukraine today, with President Vladimir uh, Vladimir Zelensky demanding that the killers be brought to account. There is something no one in the world can ignore how easily these beasts kill, Zelensky said. We are not going to forget anything, neither are we going to forgive the murderers. There will be a legal responsibility for everything. The defeat of terror is necessary as he continues to make the argument that it's terror since the world decided it was against terror after 2011, and, you know, maybe we'd uh, band together around that. But uh, apparently the reaction in Ukraine is, well, what you'd expect it to be. What I'm wondering is if if, if this is some sort of galvanizing thing among NATO countries that may have been wavering a little or not quite ready to give them this weapon or that, if this grows throughout the day in other countries. Wow, a couple of thoughts leap to mind. First of all, um, one of the leaked documents or sets of documents from that latest batch that everybody's been talking about from the Joint Chiefs Briefing uh, book was that the intelligence services threw out four wildcard scenarios, as they called them, that might affect the Ukraine conflict, one being the death of Vladimir Putin, uh, second one being the death of Volodymyr Zelensky, and I the fourth one will pop into my head, but one of them was an attack by the Ukrainians on Moscow, like a serious attack somehow, um, and how that might change the calculations and what might happen. It's, it's their planning exercises that... The intelligence people come up with or the defense intelligence and hit the commanders with, hey, we probably ought to think through what we would do if. It's not that sort of thing. It wasn't, it's not a prediction. It's that sort of thing. But um, I could definitely, it just popped into my mind, I could see somebody deciding that Russia needs to be made to pay in a way mm. that escalates or, or turns things in a very troubling direction. Uh, the other thing that popped into my head, and I'll just go ahead and say it out loud, and I have no knowledge whatsoever of the legitimacy or, or illegitimacy of the videotape, what I had to think back to some previous discussions we've had, that this sort of thing will be very easy to fake up very soon. Right. I mean, there are enough horrific uh, beheading videos that exist in the world or other atrocities that you use AI to alter armbands or faces or backgrounds or whatever, and it'll be indistinguishable, certainly for a layman, from a real video. Right. We talked yesterday about how much porn there is out there now with just any woman's face on it. If you can come up with any woman's face uh, in a picture and you can send it to these AI experts, they can turn it into porn. Well, i got to believe that's harder because of the nakedness to pull off than somebody in a uniform or whatever in kind of a grainy footage of a beheading. Sure, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Wow. It's going to be horrible on both ends of it because oh, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll have people reacting to things that never happened, and then you'll have people who've done horrifying things getting away with saying, that's not real. It's not me. Right. False accusations and plausible denials of what has happened. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Super. Because things were so settled and kind of cool and fun and everybody was happy. Uh, glad to have a little spice thrown in. Oh, boy. I think we need transition music here, Michael. What do you think? We have to move on to, to anything else. The words are shaka rump. There you go. It's like a meditation thing that you would say over and over. Shaka rump, shaka rump. That's enough of that mumbling. It's weirdly hypnotizing. It is, and it makes you forget what you were just talking about. So, uh, a couple of things. Uh, First of all, uh, a follow-up on a discussion that we had. I can't even remember when. It probably doesn't matter, but I was talking about um, quoting FDR on how the idea of public employee unions are a terrible idea. George Meany, the head of the powerful AFL-CIO, once remarked it is impossible to bargain collectively with the government. 1940s New York Supreme Court judge read his quote at length about the idea that uh, uh, government employee unions could exert control over the government and and blackmail it essentially and strike or whatever. And uh, to, uh, to admit is true that government employees have power to halt or check the functions of government unless their demands are satisfied is to transfer to them all legislative, executive and judicial power. Nothing would be more ridiculous. And so I started thinking, well, then how did it get started exactly? And did a little, a little more digging. And, and, and uh, rarely, rarely do you hear anybody even talk about what you're talking about. It doesn't come up very often. Right, right. And uh, public employee unions have indeed been part of uh, the scene for quite a while. Uh, credit where it's due. Martin Marks doing some terrific writing for the California Globe. Um, he writes, uh, da, da, da. of course, uh, as noted, things have changed quite a bit in the realm of public sector unions and their influence. With the lessening of almost absolute influence over doling out public sector jobs by local political machines, mm. that was that was the way it go- went back in the day. When I grew up in Chicagoland, whoever won the, the election would appoint tens of thousands of people to uh, uh, patronage jobs, often no-show jobs. I actually knew people who had no-show jobs um in in chicago some of whom are mobbed up but anyway that's another story for another day uh but so like you got you you had a job title you got paid but you literally didn't go do anything ever right yeah you might show up once in a while just to punch a clock or whatever but no you didn't have any duties you just got paid off by the political machine so it was like Polly walnuts is the trash collector foreman or whatever yeah (laughs) from the surprise exactly quote unquote union rep yeah uh but anyway so there was the decline of that together with the enactment of civil service laws and instead of those public sector jobs being gained or lost through invariable changes in direction of the winds of politics public employees were gaining essentially lifetime job security accordingly this bestowed an interest and ultimately a legal permission for these employees to advocate for themselves by unionizing and bargaining collectively Perhaps of greater importance, Martin writes, was the symbiotic relationship established between the Democratic Party and the unions themselves, where Democrats found not only a reliable voting constituency, but also an almost endless supply of campaign funds emanating from required employee union dues. 
In exchange, a pro-union platform and resultant facilitating laws have been the hallmark of Democrat politics. Ultimately, the public sector unions have influenced laws that not only enhance their financial compensation and benefit packages at taxpayer expense, but also have been quite successful in crafting policy that expand the need for their services. Symbiosis indeed. Wow. Well, and I would point out, as I've said many times, and if I have one quote that I'm remembered for, maybe it's this one, and it's probably not an original thought, but we find ourselves in a time where the most powerful lobbyist of government is the government itself. And that's incredibly dangerous and and perverse. And I would argue, and, and, and this gentleman kind of hints at it, if I'm a uh, forward-thinking public union head or, or rep or whatever, um, I would do what all unions do. I would try to grow my membership, therefore my turf and my uh, union money and the size of my paycheck and the rest of it. And I would fight like the dickens against any shrinking of my kingdom. That's what unions do. You see it all the time. Some uh, you know, refrigerator plant in Indiana declares that, hey, business sucks and we got to lay people off. Well, the union fights like crazy against that. All right, here's the unholy problem. And I think you're probably there ahead of me. That means the people of the United States and indeed the Congress, when it becomes clear that a program, a department, a gov- the government itself is huge and bloated and unprofitable and wasteful, and it needs to be trimmed. Well, the most powerful lobbyist of government is there to say, you're not shrinking anything. And in a related story, the United States government is borrowing $6 billion a day right now. $6 billion a day. That sounds like a lot. I think I have identified the disease. What the cure is... On tomorrow's show, as if I could come up with it. I can't. Did you see that Elizabeth Holmes must start her 11-year prison term, though she just gave birth seven weeks ago? She's got two little kids, yeah. I, I don't know this, but I feel like, based on her track record and the timing, she thought she was going to get out of real prison by having babies. Oh, now that's an allegation. There's no way you'd go ahead and have those babies if you thought you were going to prison, would you? I mean, what is that? You're not going to be around. She wanted to start a family. You're not going to be around for the first decade of their lives. Uh, Not exactly true. She's being sent to this, like, prison campy thing in Texas, I think, that has ample opportunities for family visit. But but you're, you're mostly right. I mean, she's not going to be able to mother them in an active way, but she'll see them at least. Eleven years. So that's a pretty that's a pretty real penalty for ripping all those people off. Gosh, I'd say, boy, and what a horrible conundrum you've brought up, though. You, you are a woman, and she's well into her thirties, right? So the window for having children is rapidly closing, and if she waits till after prison, it might have closed. Wow, that's a conundrum. It's the sort of conundrum you can avoid by not being, I don't know, a giant criminal. Yeah, she's a nut job. I think she's a nut. Will she be able to have wolf visits? Yeah, her wolf. My dog, uh, Balto, my wolf, is going to come see me on alternate weekends. Who married her? And why? 
Love, you cynical bastard. I mean, I realize you're one of the great con artists of all time, and you're going to prison for the next 11 years, but do you want to get married? (laughs) Will you marry me, inmate 433C44? Oh, geez. Uh, We'll finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I was just wondering, uh, uh, Mr. President, uh, will you be uh, taking part in the Easter egg rolls uh, after planning on after 2024? I plan on at least three or four more Easter egg rolls. At least three or four more. Maybe maybe, maybe five. Maybe five. (laughs) Maybe maybe six. What the hell? Are you are you saying that uh, you would be? Uh, taking part in uh, our upcoming election in 2024. Well, I'll either, so either, either roll an egg or you know, being the the good, you know, the guy who's pushing them out. Come on, help a bro- help a brother out. Make no, some news no, for no, me. No. I, well, I, I plan on running out, but we're not prepared to announce it yet. All right. That was meat urologist Albert Roker asking the president of the United States on about uh, whether or not he was going to run for president or not. And it was kind of a long, convoluted something. Or other. Funny, I pronounce it meteorologist. Would go on. Um, Donald Trump referenced that in his interview with Tucker Carlson last night. Former President Donald Trump took aim Tuesday night at his likely rival for the White House, asserting that there's, quote, something wrong with President Biden. <laughs> Look, I watch him just like you do, Trump told Tucker Carlson. And I think it's almost inappropriate for me to say it. I don't see how it's possible, but there's something wrong. I saw his answer today on television about whether or not he's going to run to a very nice guy named Al Roker. I like Trump acting like, you know, he doesn't know Al Roker or, you know, has talked to him a million times. You can't get a softer question than that. It was a long answer about eggs and this and that. Look, I don't think he can, <laughs> which is what you've been saying. Hmm. Yeah. Um, 
I I would not bet money that Biden is going to be the nominee. I would bet money that Trump is going to be the Republican nominee. I would bet money on that with somebody, if you want to bet me. With no Yeah, odds. fair enough. Straight up. Fair bet. enough. I, bet, I would bet money that Trump is going to be the Republican nominee, but I would not with, on the Biden side. side. Yeah, certainly uh, going into the Kentucky Derby, he's a horse that you've got to consider throwing money on. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, he's got to set for another deposition in a New York civil case about his business dealings. He's flying back to New York. I think it's tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, For a lawsuit brought by Attorney General Letitia James over his business dealings, all has to do with inflating property values at some point and then deflating them at others for his financial gain. But, uh, man, he's taking it from all sides. Like I said before, I'm plenty uh, critical of Trump for various policies, for the way he acts. his He doesn't run his business the way I would run my business. I disagree with him on a lot of things. But it is awfully odd that he's been doing business as long as he has in the state and city in New York, and all of a sudden, he's getting, uh, you know, hammered for all this stuff. So Chris Christie said the other day on ABC This Week that uh, Trump is the only guy that would lose to Joe Biden. Um, would Trump beat Gavin Newsom? I think he would. Boy, what a discouraging choice I would find that, but that's me. There's already an Elvis of Trotsy now presenting Armstrong and Getty. Awesome. So weird. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Uh, let's be. Uh, let's get. Huh? Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew, starting with our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael, what's your final thought? You know, I was gonna maybe save up for some uh, pl- NBA playoff tickets, but then when I saw the prices, I said, "No, I'll buy a new computer or a TV or something like that instead." Mm. Too much money. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, Jack. A final thought for us. Yeah, I hated school when I was a kid. I've talked about that many times, particularly the social part of it. But here's something I never would have guessed. Watching your kid go through difficult social stuff is harder than doing it yourself. I would have never Mm. guessed that. It's more painful to watch your kid go through it than doing it yourself. Yeah, I would agree. 100%. Oh, gosh, golly. Ah, My final thought. Ah, I don't know. Well, that's that's a defeated man. You sound like a defeated man. I'm a little tired, honestly. You know, I make, I make these fruit smoothies. Mm-hmm. They got bananas, some protein powder, a little milk, yogurt, uh, uh, peanuts, uh, but lots and lots of berries. Fruit, in short. Yeah, uh, but lots of berries that's supposed to lower your blood pressure and mm. have all sorts of antioxidants and stuff like that. I, I have one of these things, and I feel like I've been hit with a tranquilizer tart. Well, maybe it's lowering your blood pressure too much. If you Maybe you should wear the cuff and see if you're like 14 over 8 right now. You know, I wonder, well, I haven't had one yet, but, um, yeah, I wonder, is it the bananas? Don't bananas make you tired? Isn't there something like that? Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people think so many bananas to eat suggestively. No, 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 no. Just eat them the regular way. <laughs> I don't Go to armstrongandgetty.com. <laughs> Sorry, I've been drinking. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> God bless America. 
Armstrong and Getty. These are idiots we're dealing with. Oh, my word. You know what? I'm not making this up. This is real. This is, it's almost people can taste it. Yup. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It is what it is. Uh, it's really astonishing to see the low quality privates. Are you Hi, bro. Morning. You know, unfortunately, this is probably a day that they won't forget. I don't know what the hell's going on here. That I know. Thank you all very much. Okay. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. Every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.